Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Fantasy football family, I appreciate y'all tuning in to us again. It's another episode of Off The Line Fantasy Football Podcast. I am one of the hosts of the show, Eugene. You can follow me on Twitter at Fantasy Genes, G-E-N-E-S. My other host of the show, Ike, how you doing? How you feeling? And before you introduce yourself again, you can follow us on our official Twitter handle at Off The Line FF. Ike, how you doing? NFL Draft, it's here. Oh, yeah. We, we ready. We are ready. We are ready to rock and roll. I can be found on Twitter at just underscore Ico nine. Yeah, this is a very exciting time for everybody. You know, we this is I, I feel like this is one of the most unpredictable drafts um, in recent memory. We just we have Ever. no idea what's happening. <laughs> no idea like what's happening at number one. Usually the number one pick is locked up, but we don't even know what's happening there. And then after that, you're going to see a, a shit ton of dominoes fall. You know, you're going to see, you may see crazy trades. I'm just looking forward to seeing the chaos tomorrow night. It's just going to be, it's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. It, yes, I, I, I definitely agree with that. But before we know we jump into it, let us introduce our guest, our returning guest, our boy Jay Rich. We had to bring him back to top off this NFL draft from when we talked about the props two weeks ago. Let's go ahead and bring him in again. You know, just, just chop it up before, before all the madness happens. Jay Rich, how you doing? How you feeling? Appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me, boys. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited, man. I was talking to a buddy earlier today, and he was saying, you know, it's one of the most underwhelming drafts we've seen. But I think that's what could make it one of the best drafts we've ever seen. Like Ike was saying, one of the most unpredictable from the top to the bottom. We have no idea, no consensus. Every team wants to trade down, which is interesting. Like, and one of those years where you think, okay, having a top pick is usually pretty good. Houston doesn't want their pick. The Jets probably don't want their picks. It's just going to be crazy. But the biggest domino for me is Carolina at six. Because what I didn't even realize until a couple days ago is that they have their first round pick. And that's it, basically. They don't have a second round pick. They don't have a third round pick. So it's like, what did they do to secure their future and still confidence in that fan base? I don't know, but we're going to find out in, you know, a little under 24 hours what's going to happen with the NFL draft. And then Trayvon Walker looking like the first overall pick, though. We talked about that last time, whether he'd be the first looking like he's going to be the first with all the chaos out of Jacksonville, which is nothing mm. new, I guess, depending on who you ask. Yeah, nothing new. That 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 uh, that franchise is always in chaos. <laughs> always. 
<laughs> well, you got Trent Baalke, the uh, the lover of long ass arms. I mean, anything is possible. And Trayvon Walker is the is the new toy that he he wants to go and and grab. So it should be interesting what we see tomorrow. I mean, like you say, I did see that same that same tweet about uh, Walker being being the pick, uh, but we we also have seen that. Other people in the in in the in the uh, in the organization want want to go Asian, so I guess we'll find out tomorrow who really has the biggest balls in that in that room. So <laughs> pretty much, who wears the pants? Definitely, the pants exactly. <laughs> but I mean, on this show, we're just gonna we're just gonna chop it up, talk about what we think is gonna happen. You know, ask a couple of questions. You know, just you know, just kind of be relaxed about before we get into the the real mayhem that that's going to be happening tomorrow. So yes, my first question the the to start this off is on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in these quarterbacks? Uh Jay Rich, you can go first. Yeah, let, let, let Am I allowed to say 0? Am am I allowed to say 0? <laughs> and the reason why I'm going to say 0 is because in my opinion, if we're going to say confidence in these quarterbacks, we do play in Superflex League, so there is some viability from a quarterback too. But I don't really know if any of these guys can be a QB1. Maybe if we're lucky. And so how much confidence do I have in these guys when they shouldn't even be first-round picks, according to a lot of people, probably second-round talents at best, transfers, late breakouts, all these things. Why would I have a ton of confidence when they don't have prospect pedigree? They're not really Heisman contenders in any stretch. I don't know. I think realistically, I'm probably a two or a three. A zero is, you know, a little bit of hyperbole there. But I think there's a low shot that any of these guys have much relevance in fantasy football outside of, you know, super flex leagues as QB twos. Pickett, people talk about how he has already reached his ceiling, which mm. is scary for a quarterback who's being drafted tomorrow. I don't know, man. I, I there is the world where Malik Willis is, you know, somehow Josh Allen, but. I think that's a supreme long shot at best. Maybe Corral becomes something. Maybe Ritter becomes a usable quarterback. But I think I got to be at a two or a three. Ike, I don't know how you feel, but I don't know how you go much higher than that personally. Yeah. So to your point about you know the the class in general, I think if you compare it to last year's class, all of these guys are getting drafted after the um, you know after the top five guys from last year. You know after Fields, after you know Wilson, you know after Mac Jones, um, after you know Trevor Lawrence. It, it's obvious. Like the the best you know who who's the best guy in this class. You know for me, I think it's you know who 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 has the most potential. I think it's Malik Willis. Um, but in terms of like confidence in the class as a whole, I don't have a ton of confidence either. I would probably top it off around a four, a three, or a four. But with that being said, three with some upside, a three, a three <laughs> with upside, and that's and, that, and that's real, you know, that's the class as a whole. But however, I will say this: it also depends. Um, it also depends on where some of these guys get drafted. Draft capital is going to matter a lot. Landing spot is going to matter a lot. Um, you know, let's say let's say for instance, just hypothetically speaking, you know who you know anybody who who lands in Pittsburgh or lands in in Carolina. Uh, they're going to be very, very fantasy viable because with the weapons that that are, that are surrounding um, each of those guys. So um, it, it 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 just really depends on on the draft capital. Um, that that would probably take it from a four to like maybe a six, especially if some of those guys get you know land there. But um, that's kind of where I sit um, in terms of the the confidence that I have in these in this quarterback class. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me. As we get 
as we gotten closer to this point, my my confidence is like dwindled. And that's more me thinking about like the the draft capital I have in my dynasty leagues in terms of like where these quarterbacks are going to fall and what I need on these teams. Like, for instance, I have a home league where I have the 102. I'm like, as we gotten closer, like I at before at the probably like a month ago, I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be Corral who I'm going to take it to. Not Corral. Willis was going to be the one I was going to take it to. No doubt. Boy, like me counting the days now, I couldn't tell you what what I'm going to do. Um I'm shoot. I might mess around and go wide receiver because I'll just like so low. Like I don't like literally. I'm looking at these quarterbacks. Like man, like the all these quarterbacks, like you said, I or are, are after the five that were drafted last year, and I'm just I'm just like fuck. Like I don't even know if I want to even dabble in 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 this in this this quarterback class. So for me, I I'm looking at like a three, in a, a, a possible half maybe three and a half maybe i, I mean three and a half, over under three and a half <laughs> yeah scale. I know. I, i'm scared <laughs> man it just be <laughs> I, I i'll take an under but i mean that leads to my next question is how many quarterbacks do we see th- do we see getting drafted in the first round i know DraftKings that number has been two and a half for like what three months now it's been just sitting there for mm-hmm. us to for the taking where do y'all think where do you think is it going to be over two and a half under two and a half where, y- where y'all got jay rich I think I'm still at over two and a half. I think, you know, the last time we talked, we talked about Malik, we talked about Pickett, we talked about Ritter as our big three. And it seems like Corral is kind of getting some steam potentially as a guy who could also be a first round pick. I I think I want to circle back really briefly though. And I want to talk about Carolina with you because Mm -hmm. while you're 100% right about Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh for me is the only landing spot that I really like. Coach, personnel, play style, all the different things. I think there's a lot of things. Most like ideal. There. Most ideal. Most ideal. By, but, by, but for me, it's by a mile though. It, by, and I don't think Carolina is very close. And so I'm curious what you see in Carolina outside of really DJ Moore, because in my opinion, Christian McCaffrey isn't for the long haul, right? Like he's 26. He's great right now. But is he going to be there when this quarterback of the future, assuming he is, you know, the quarterback of the future becomes a you know semi good quarterback for fantasy maybe a star if we're lucky like a top 12 top 10 guy that's where for me i i struggle and on top of that it's matt rule man i, I don't i don't trust matt rule i don't like matt rule they could bring in <laughs> another coach but you still have to deal with the hand you're dealt at the beginning so i don't know if he can develop like that's where i want to know your opinions on carolina but i do think we're gonna see three and i feel like you know you guys have probably agree with that at least so far from what we've seen yeah, I think um, it boils down to, at least for me, um, you know how I feel about DJ Moore. I think he's an awesome receiver, and I think he needs another a quarterback that can unlock him. And, um, you yeah. know, I, I don't know if this this class would be the, the perfect spot for him, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> the perfect opportunity for him to, to be unlocked. But, you know, I think anybody that gets drafted to Carolina will be an upgrade over Sam Darnold. Like, let's just be clear mm-hmm. about that. Um, so by virtue of that, I mean, we've seen, we've seen him produce 1200 yards in in three consecutive years. That's the only receiver in the league to do that, um, you know, over the last three years. And so it's it's DJ Moore, it's Christian McCaffrey. I know you said Christian McCaffrey is not really, you know, it's, it's not really for the long haul. Um, well, it kind of depends on, you know, how his contract is structured, whether or not they have an out over the next couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's still a quarterback, you know, a quarter, a very, very friendly to the quarterback with, you know, dump offs and 
but they'll definitely use him in space and you know he'll they'll, they'll make the quarterback's job and the quarterback's life a lot easier especially coming in like a rookie being able to check the ball down to christian mccaffrey uh, you know, again, make his life easier, you know, especially when their offensive line is not necessarily up to par, you know, because I don't know Car- Carolina's offensive line isn't, isn't the greatest um, right now. Terrible. They, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so, you know, just benefiting from those check downs, you know, from uh, McCaffrey. And then they also have Robbie Anderson, who's still, you know, who's still there. He's still pretty, you know, it's pretty, pretty decent. Um, I know he had, I know he had a pretty inefficient year to say the least this past year. Mm. Um, but again, that's mostly related to quarterback play. You know, and um, that that he you know that he endured. So that's kind of what attracts, um, you know, that that's what that's what makes Carolina somewhat attractive as a landing spot for mm-hmm. anyone of these quarterbacks. But I think you know, to your point, Pittsburgh, it's it's by a mile. They're perfectly set up um, for any you know any one of these top quarterbacks. And you know, obviously, they've been tipping their hand for the last couple of months, knowing. <laughs> you're basically letting the world know who who they like and who they favor in Malik Willis. So I think that I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Can we let's let's stay on Carolina for a second? Because so we know that their only pick for these first two days is that number six pick. I mean, if you ask anybody, if you look at Twitter, we're all assuming that they're going to take a quarterback. But we've also seen them where they take an offensive tackle. What do you think is the smartest play for them to do, knowing that they don't have any any day two picks? Like six has it, six is, and that's it. What what kind of what kind of move would you do if you were them? I right, you can you can go first. Um, I think if one of the quarterbacks is there, if Malik Willis is there, or if they really love Kenny Pickett, you have to get a, you have to get a quarterback. If if one of those, well. They will be there. Let, let's let's be Yeah, clear. I was gonna say, like they're they, they will be there. If they so choose, if they so choose, if they so choose to go the quarterback route, they just need to go ahead and just pull the trigger. Otherwise, I mean, conventional wisdom says trade back, stockpile more picks. Um, you know, Jay Rich, I heard you this morning on uh, you know, whenever you're on uh, with with Ray, you were saying yeah. that you don't really foresee a, a team based basically bailing Carolina out and giving them picks I don't think so, to no. move back. Considering how they just grossly mismanaged the quarterback position over the last couple of years, with you know trading for Sam Darnold, trading a second and a, a second and a third, I believe for Sam Darnold, they traded two yeah. draft picks for him. Yeah, um, and, and then they traded for uh, I think they traded for C.J. Henderson, and they also you know and you know, Teddy as well was so part of what's made this cascade effect of not having because second, of third round picks. Yeah, yeah, it's because of what you know how they handled that Teddy situation. So. Um, yeah, conventional wisdom says trade back, get get more picks because I, I think that'd be the operative thing to do and the and the most optimal thing to do. But you know, we'll see. I, I think at least if it, if it were for, if it were me, I would just probably take one of the quarterbacks because you're not gonna get you're not gonna get one <laughs> you're not gonna get anybody between rounds two and three that's worth a damn. That'll be that'll be a, be an upgrade over Sam Darnold because you don't want to go into the 2022 season as with Sam Darnold as your starting quarterback. You just can't do it. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny you say that, Ike, because you, like your boy, DJ Moore, obviously the biggest factor here is that he actually re-signed his deal. I just can't imagine him sitting at the table and being like, I am going to re-sign not knowing the future of my quarterback, knowing what he's been through over the years. Right. And I think that may be the tipping point for Carolina really showing their hand, because if you're DJ Moore. There is no way in hell you are signing a contract extension 
right? Like, especially he did it like over a month ago now, knowing yeah. that Sam Darnold is your quarterback. I just can't see that happening. Like nobody is that nice of a person. And even though I look at DJ Moore in pictures, the way he smiles, he just seems like the nicest guy, like just the, <laughs> the best guy to just hang out with, always smiling. But for me, it's like it, ha- it has to be a quarterback. But I want to ask you, who do you think fits that system better? Would it be Malik? Would it be Pickett? Would it be Corral? Because in a lot of ways, I think Corral is the best fit for that offense, especially given their personnel. But I don't think that they're going to take Corral at six. And if we're playing the game, if they're not going to trade down, realistically, if it was me, I would take a tackle. I just don't think they have that luxury given the situation they're in right now. And I think yeah. you're right. They have to take a quarterback. But who would you peg there and be like your ideal quarterback to land in Carolina? You can go ahead with this one, Gene. Um, my ideal quarterback, I, I feel like I feel like I would take Corral. Um because we've seen him, I mean, like like we've all, all said before, we've seen Corral perform in the SEC, which is the, the the best conference in college football that gets you the most prepared, in my opinion, for the next level, which be the NFL. Granted that he did take a lot of, you know, snaps from shotgun RPO style offense that they ran to Ole Miss. I feel like he's more equipped to, you know, deal with the the bad offensive line, I feel like they would be able to put in a package or an offense around him to, you know, allow him to, you know, be comfortable because RPO offense, you don't have to necessarily have to have the best O line to, you know, to run that offense because you they still got to read the, they still got to read if, if Christian's going to take the handoff or not. And then plus you got Christian McCaffrey for, you know, safe valve. If, 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 if shit doesn't go, go well, you can always dump it off to him. You still got you still got DJ Moore, like you said. You have Robbie Anderson. You have the corpse of uh, of Marshall, the corpse of Ian <laughs> Thomas that they, for whatever reason, they resigned. So I mean, they got there's there's stuff there. I think I feel I would feel the most comfortable with Corral. If you're and, and this is also to even think about talking about your DJ Moore resigning a new uh, resigning a new deal. Like, which quarterback do you think will will you know make that playoff push? the quickest if you're going to draft one of these rookie wide receivers. And I think Corral is the most dynamic and potentially the one that can get you the place that you're trying to go because they can't, I mean, DJ signing that deal, the quarterback moves they've made the last two years, like clearly rule doesn't have no time to waste. Like he has to go get it now. So, Oh yeah. This that is, would be this my, that would be my choice. Yeah. This yeah. is a make or break for your break, make or break year for him. And I think, I think um, you guys are kind of spot on with Corral. If you remember, I think he was the QB one late this year, you know, late in the season um, this past year because of how well he was playing. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was lighting it up, um, you know, all, all season. And to, and to your point, you know, you know, the SEC is the is the you know is the the bright the brightest of lights <laughs> in college football. So you know, you, yeah. you you have the bigger stages. So yeah, I think I think Corral's probably the most ideal, the most realistic. Most realistic, I think, would probably be, I don't know. Um, I'd probably go with Kenny Pickett. Would He'd probably be the most realistic because he'd probably be a little bit safer in terms of just just, just kind of how he just kind of how he goes about the game and just kind of how he, you know, he makes decisions and things like that. So he'd be probably a little safer for that offense, at least for me. Um, but, you know, you, you guys do make a good point with Corral and, and not how, not how he's been pretty much battle-tested, um, you know, being in the SEC. So, um, um, I think Malik Willis is a better fit in Pittsburgh than he is in Carolina. 
So, um, you know, just, you know, it, it really, I, I, I'm just curious to see it. I, I think, um, you know, I think back to the the question of with regards to like how many quarterbacks are getting drafted, you're going to see at least like three or maybe four in the first round. Um, you know, Pickett's minus 3,000. Um, Corral was actually invited to the draft um, and he's minus 120. Yeah, that's interesting. Drafted. Yeah. So there, there's, there's some, uh, there's some, there's some, uh, you know, there, there's, there's some trouble brewing there. And then Desmond Ritter is minus one twenty five to be drafted in, mm. in the in the first round. Um, and um, as we know, you know Malik Willis is still an odds on favorite to be the first quarterback off the board um, at minus one ninety. So that's that's four quarterbacks right there that have a realistic shot of being drafted in the first round. And you, you there's I've I've heard some speculation that potentially um, Sam Howell may sneak into the back end of the first round, or yeah, Sam Howell may sneak into the back end of the first round. So there's just a lot of just speculation and rumors and, and, and smoke screens and whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be quite, quite, quite the night um, tomorrow night. Yes, it's going to be a spicy night for sure tomorrow. But funny that you mentioned rumors. My next question is, what rumor do you believe will or won't happen tomorrow or throughout the, you know, the weekend of the draft? Uh, Jay Rich, you can go first. So the one for me that's intrigued me probably more than any of them is the one surrounding Jamison Williams and the Philadelphia Eagles. And there's been a lot of talk about Jamison Williams, especially recently, him going up in draft boards, him potentially being a target for the Jets. And then two days ago, it comes out of nowhere that Jamison Williams is a target for the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that throws the ball almost the least in all the NFL, the team with a quarterback who's basically got (laughs) the entire fan base after him looking for his house, looking for his parents, his kids, his girlfriend, trying to find out where he lives so they can go after him. But at the end of the day, man, they need playmakers. Didn't work out with Jalen Rager. Quez Watkins isn't the answer. They have Devontae Smith. They got to figure something out. And Jamison Williams could be the answer. Now, today, Chad Ruder actually put out a new mock draft, and he had Jamison Williams going at nine to the Philadelphia Eagles with the Seattle Seahawks trading down. And that, to me, was like, okay. He's a dude who's pretty connected, does tons of mock drafts, works for the NFL. That can't be nothing, right? It, it, it can't be nothing. And I think the bigger point is that we're seeing JMO rising in mock drafts. When we did this before, I believe he was like 16 and a half over under, maybe even a 13 and a half. Now you see him at 11 and a half, 10 and a half. He might still be going up as far as the odds go. And if that's the case, Philadelphia just sitting there at 15 is not going to be enough to get Jamison Williams. So you figure a trade-up with somebody has to happen. And realistically, it's probably going to be a ha- have to be ahead of the Jets at 10 because we know they're looking at a different position, probably edge rusher or corner at four. But at 10, a wide receiver is in play. Wide receiver is in play at, to Atlanta at eight. So I'm kind of buying the hype that Philadelphia Eagles want to target Jamison Williams or maybe even another receiver somewhere at the early spot of the draft and not being able to wait until 15 to get them. What do you guys think of that? Uh, Ike, how about you start with that? Um, yeah, this will be like the second consecutive year that they'll be trading into the top 10 to get a wide receiver uh, because of the mistake that they made in 2020 by drafting Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. So they've been ch- basically chasing that ever since. Um, so, you know, I, I think there is a lot of merit to this and they, they want to make a, you know, a home run hit. You know, they, they want to take a huge swing and, and get the guy that they, they covet and they feel like they can get a guy that can take them over the top. So, 
you know, this this makes a ton of sense for Philadelphia. Um, you know, they they're they've effectively given up on Jalen Rager. Um, they're they put him they put him on the block. Nobody's He's on the buy block. Him. Nobody's gonna buy nobody him. Wants him. Nobody, yeah, nobody wants him. him. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it'll be like a baseball trade when someone gets traded for cash considerations. <laughs> yeah, it's like so. G, it's like basically in our in our armchair uh, dynasty leagues, you put somebody on the block and you're just basically trolling, and everybody just reacts with the laughing emoji. That's basically yep. what. They, that's, that's basically how they 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 put him on the block. But yeah, you know, it, it makes a ton of sense for Philadelphia to to try to go after an, uh, you know an elite playmaking wide receiver for the third consecutive for, year. Yeah, <laughs> for for me, I mean, I would love to see it because I think JMO is going to be the first wide receiver taken. Probably, I'm assuming that somebody there's a wide receiver taking that eight to Atlanta, but um, I would love love it to be him because I mean, I I thought he was awesome. I sucked that he tore his ACL during the. Uh, during the last game of the season. Um, but I would hate this for the Cowboys if this is who they're going to end up getting. And now we got to go find another corner to try to try to go cover uh, two fast-ass wide receivers. But, I mean, again, you know, people don't believe in Jalen Hurts' arm, but uh, you, you can't – I mean, at some point you're going to have to throw the ball and you got, you got two dynamic wide receivers on, on your outside. So, um, I mean, I – I can definitely see this happening. Um, it's a little weird for me. It just seems like bad management of your your draft resources. If you're going to trade up in the top ten to go get a wide receiver uh, with with the offense that you run, so I don't like it's it's a little weird. I don't, I don't understand it, but it's go get your guy season. So if you believe he's worth it, then you go pay up. But it goes back to your point when you mentioned about somebody somebody not. When a team not wanting to bail out Carolina, you're bailing out. You're bailing out Seattle because they're they they their their roster is awful. So I, I wonder what the package. Do you know what that package was 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 supposed to be? If they ended no. up trading us, he didn't say that. He just kind of updated his draft board and highlighted some of the picks where there was movement. I'd have to imagine that they get maybe 15 or potentially even 18 is another pick they have, and then. Further resources down the line, because remember, they also have a bunch of picks from the Saints in that when the Saints traded up to get that yep. second first round pick. So they do have a lot of assets, um, but I don't know. We'll see. I think you're right, though. Seattle needs to probably trade down. But if the right guy falls to them, you know, I've seen Corral in that spot. I've seen Evan Neal in that spot. So you never know. Um, but there's a lot of options for them. Yeah, Evan yeah, Neal makes I mean, you, Seattle. The interesting thing with Seattle is I've I've seen them as a trade up candidate. Like I believe it was Gene, you're talking about Sam Howell in the back of the first. I've seen a lot of a lot of mocks have Detroit trading down out of 32 and having a team come up like Seattle or a team that necessarily isn't looking for a quarterback in the first, trading up to mm -hmm. 32 and taking a quarterback in that spot. Atlanta was one of the teams. Uh Seattle's definitely one of them. And I think I've seen Indy as well trade up to that spot to get another quarterback. Um, all these teams need quarterbacks. Doesn't mean they're going to go for one in the first, but 32 seems to be up to up for grabs as far as the Lions are concerned to uh, get that fifth year option on a quarterback. Yep, I was okay. just about to say that. Yeah, lock in that fifth yep. year fifth year option. That's that's, yep. that's that's the that's the goal there. Um, and yeah, Gene, back to your um, you know, back to your point. You know, Philly Philly trading up. You only trade up basically in the first round if you want a quarterback, or if you want a left tackle, or if you want an edge rusher. Yeah. So for a wide receiver, you know, you you do make a good point about kind of misusing your draft capital but hey go get your guy right <laughs> go get your guy hey, go get your guy season man uh yeah. 
Who, what you got for a rumor? My rumor is um, Debo Samuel, the, the, you know, basically around the Debo Samuel being traded. I th- I believe this. I think he's going to be traded on draft night. Um, as we've seen this off season, this most this one of the most chaotic off seasons that we've that we've seen, you know, in quite some time. And you know, obviously the 49ers have come out and said, "Oh, we're not we're we're, we're adamant about keeping him. We're not going to trade him." But as we've seen in the past, teams that are adamant about trading uh, uh, about not trading a player usually end up trading that player more yeah. often than not. So I, I don't buy that bullshit. And then, you know, Debo Samuel has been unhappy. He wants a new deal. He didn't like the way he was used last year, um, you know, as, as a hybrid, you know, running back slash wide receiver. It's fun for fantasy. It's fun for us, you know, watching the games, you know, seeing him dominate. Um, so, um, and then, you know, the, you know, the Jets and then the 10th pick rumors are definitely heating up now. Um, you know, oh, we've, we've seen a lot of crazy, a lot of steam behind that over the last several days, and they have the assets and the cash to do it because they can they can trade for Debo Samuel and they can pay him because they still have their quarterback on a rookie contract. And if they believe that they can contend in the AFC East, I guess this is a move you make. Um, you know, I've I've seen <laughs> if they believe <laughs> they can contend. Oh, yeah, that's you can a, achieve. Yeah, that's a big uh, if right there. Huge Holy if, yeah. huge yeah. if. And I've seen some of the packages, and I, I saw like there may be including a li- Elijah Moore in that, and that would be Hell absolutely no. stupid. That would be peak Jets that. right there. That would be peak. <laughs> oh yeah, vintage Jets right there. You know, um, I I hope that's not true. I hope they can just trade the tenth pick without giving up Elijah Moore, so you can have both of them. That would be a pretty dynamic offense. In my opinion, so yeah, they have the cast to to, to pay Debo and uh, and and the draft capital to 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 acquire him. So that that rumor, and I, I think that's going to come to fruition tomorrow night. My rumor is the speculation that the Cowboys are going to trade up, like top twelve, top fifteen. If like for instance, if Thibodeau drops that far, I'm like. This he ain't a little hefty. Yeah, I was like, it sounds a little hefty for the Cowboys to go trade up that far, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> I think that's bullshit because I haven't, I mean, around locally, I haven't really heard there's been like outside of like Dallas that I've been hearing us being being eager to trade up to go get somebody. Um, even though we are prime examples of of when we bring people into the facility, those are the people that we're gonna be looking to draft, and that's it. From what I've seen, I haven't seen anybody in that list for for me to feel like, oh yeah, we're gonna go trade it to go get them. So, uh, but again, we know Jerry loves attention, so he's probably not even shooting it down. He's just probably just swallowing it all up just to get more attention. So, I just don't think the Cowboys are in the position to go go get bent over just to go move up a couple spots to get whoever it is that they want to go get. Oh, um, and they will I get can... bent over if they try to. Yeah. <laughs> they usually get bent over. Let's be clear about that. They usually get fleeced um, <laughs> in, in, in draft day trades. Although last year we 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 kind of made out like bandits. We we moved yeah, back we two spots, and I think we picked yeah. up an extra third. And so yeah. that was so that was that was you know rare. We were actually kind of surprised by you know I was like oh wow they gave us that wow we, yeah. we were you know pleasantly surprised that we weren't the ones getting fleeced <laughs> in a, in yeah. a deal. Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> but I do see there's a question uh, that want to follow up with. Uh, I know Ike, you're a Cowboys fan. What do you think we should do at 24? 
And then Jordan, uh, you can chime in if you want. We should stay put and draft best player available or trade down. That's the, the, the bottom line. Um, we should just draft, you know, draft the best player available, whether it's an offensive lineman or a wide receiver. That's you know, we we need to we we need to upgrade you know our offensive line, our aging offensive line, and we need to find a way to replace Amari Cooper. So I'd be fine with either or if we if we cho- choose either of those routes. Um, Nakobe Dean from from uh, from Georgia, the linebacker, is very intriguing if he's there, but mm-hmm. um, out. I I would prefer I would lean offense, uh, you know, offensive line or wide receiver uh, if we were if if it were me. Hmm. So you're okay with the wide receiver? Like you think like you'd be excited if they got Traylon Burks? Oh yeah, they, I, I, I would love that. Han Dodson or I would know, love Christian Traylon Watson. I've, I've been on record of saying I I I I would love to have Traylon Burks in the Cowboys uniform. Uh, I just I, I I love his game. I like how he, you know he's he's basically like. AJ Brown and Des Bryant put together, at least at least mm-hmm. in my opinion. So that would be fine with me or an offensive lineman, but just don't do anything fucking stupid by trading up to the top <laughs> and and getting I mean, and, and taking I the mean, wrong I, guy. If you trade well, up, they yeah, take, they can still take a defensive lineman. Like y'all need one. You, you need you need. Yeah, we do. In my opinion, do. you got to stay in the trenches. Pick a yeah. side, whoever you want, yeah. best player available. That's yeah. where you have to go. You see some Zion Johnson. You see maybe Tyler Linderbaum because he seems to be slipping down boards. They could use someone like him. Defensive line. We see the problem is if they want defensive line, they probably want to go up. That's yeah. that's really the issue. Is that by the time their pick comes around, while there's some teams looking for offense ahead of them, they probably have to look at maybe 14 with Baltimore, 13 with Houston if they want to come down. Maybe they can bail out the Carolina Panthers. Who knows? You never know. Draft day, anything can happen. Any, anything sure. can happen on draft day. But just imagine, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau's there at six. Carolina's like, hmm, who wants Kayvon Thibodeau? And Jerry says, I'll take him. And, you know, they trade a second-round pick, maybe their first-round pick. How, okay, so what would – let's say that was a real trade. What would you be okay giving up for Thibodeau? Would you give up a first and a second for Thibodeau? If it was going from 24 to 106, would you give up a first and second this year? And let's say a third next year, because that's there's no way that's enough capital. First this year, second this year, third next year for Thibodeau at 106, knowing it was Thibodeau, because I guess we, they, you would know it's Thibodeau at that point. I would, <laughs> I would, I would be able to stomach it if it was. Thibodeau. Yeah, see, but you would do it. You, you I would, would be able to that, if it was Thibodeau. Don't was say Thibodeau. it. Say yes. I would do that trade. Yeah, Not I stomach. You trade. would do it, and you would be ecstatic about. It. I would do that trade. I would do that trade. I would yeah, definitely do that trade for Thibodeau. I would. It is a good trade, but damn that it hurts. It second. hurts my heart, man. And the only reason, the only reason I'm not like like super cringy about it is because we have nine we have nine picks in the draft so we have we have some extra comp- compensatory picks because of yeah. the free agents that we lost so we can you know we can make up the difference you know kind of the back end hopefully we can you know we can we can uh find some steals you know in the third and fourth rounds but yeah i i think we have two third rounders and two fourth rounders yeah. i believe yeah we do yep y'all so, what you guys should do is trade up in the second the second is so good that, this year yeah. Oh yeah. my and God. There's that's so generally what we. That's generally when we move. What up. we do. Usually that's that second what we, round. Done in the past. We we traded yeah. traded up into the second round, and that's kind of what I. If we don't, if we just stay at twenty four, and you know, there's a guy that's slipping and falling in round two, we can use one of our thirds plus our two, and then move up yeah. into the, in the second round. So 
yeah. that that's also a possibility. But in terms of yeah. trading up all the way to fifteen or fourteen, or um, if it's not Thibodeau, then I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, I, I mean, like you said, uh, Jay Rich, I prefer us to to get 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 better and younger in the trenches. Honestly, like I yeah. would love, I, I would love Burks, the idea of Burks, but. Long term wise, I would hope that we get something in the trenches in the first. And if we if you want to go get a wide receiver, we can get one in the second. Like like you said, the wide receiver class is yeah. deep, man. Like we can go get, you know, pickings if we want to. We can go get maybe uh, Jahan Dotson if he's in the second round. Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Like there's there's yeah. people there that we can go get yeah, and feel comfortable with. So Sky um, Moore is getting a ton of buzz, man. Like he's, he is. He's, he is. Yep. He's he, he might be, be pushing, top forty he might, probably. Yeah he, might, yeah, he might be pushing late thirties now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Random question, Jay Rich. How are you feeling about your bet you made with uh with uh <laughs> with Rain? Oh man, Christian Watson being top sixty four. Uh, I felt better. <laughs> I felt better to be honest. It's it's one of those things, you know. In the moment, this the crazy thing about this is this was. Right after the senior bowl, this is like beginning of February, we made this bet. Yep. And even since then, Christian Watson comes out, runs four three. I was like, okay, yep. that's great. Fastest 10 yard split at the combine, big as hell. Of course, this yep. guy's got the inside track. Actually saw him at the senior bowl, like probably didn't meet him, but might have met him. And I'm just like, I just got fleeced, but I'm holding out hope. <laughs> I'm holding out hope. He's he's still a wide receiver from North Dakota State. I don't even know where North Dakota State is. I don't know who their mascot is. All I know is that they are not D1. And for me, that's that's a bit of trouble. You know, now don't get me wrong. I would love to see the 49ers find a way to get them on their roster. I think that mm -hmm. would be chaos. But outside of that, I'm holding out hope. It's looking like a 1% right now because everyone has a mocked in the first <laughs> round, mocked mid-second. Yep. So it's not looking good. But maybe, just maybe, he can, I don't know, like slip and fall or something, sprain his ankle, and teams are like, oh, no, what do we do with Christian Watson? But uh, it seems very unlikely at this point. And I think I owe him like 100 bucks or something. I don't yep, even remember how 100. much that was. Yep. Oh, <laughs> and, not, and you know he's gonna come Canadian after me for the US either. dollars too. Yep, yeah, exactly. You always make exactly. sure to get the currency right. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> crazy, <man. laughs> All right, bold predictions. I right, give me one. What you got? What you think is gonna happen? That's gonna be really wild that happens tomorrow or on on Friday. There are gonna be three trade ups in the first round for quarterbacks. Damn. Damn. Three trade ups for quarterbacks. So there's going to be a trade up into the top ten for a quarterback. There's going to be a trade up mid, you know, mid to late teens for a quarterback, and then there's going to be a trade up from some team that's in the second round in the 30s or in the 40s, going to trade up to 31 or 32 to get a quarterback. So that's three trade ups in the first round for the, for for quarterbacks in a quarterback class that people aren't overly fond of. Which yeah. we're going to find out who's lying. About exactly about, about Ex their lack of interest in this quarterback class. Exactly, it's like it, it's like your homeboy that tells you that he don't he's not into uh, fat girls, and then when you when you pull up in his dorm room, he got like a, a like a like a whole fetish of just no BBWs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he just didn't want he just didn't want nobody to know. <laughs> yep. Oh, you weren't supposed to see this. 
Can't you not? <laughs> Can't you not? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Did you not see all the these socks te- on the door? Yeah, yeah. All these te- all these teams telling us they don't like them, but then we get then we see four of them go, and they were like, "Oh, I, I, I guess we what, lied." Hey, what did what did your uh, Canadian counterpart uh, Drake say? Uh, Jay Rich, tell me lies, make it sound good, make it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, Ray. I mean, not Ray. Jay Rich. You I'll got take your it. Bold prediction. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's not really bold anymore. But I'm pretty sure that Derek Stingley is going to be the first cornerback taken off the board at three. At mm, three. Now, I would be shocked because I don't know why you'd make that move, especially with how bad he's looked. Maybe he's just disinterested in football. Doesn't really want to play. Freshman year was phenomenal. Obviously, he was on one of the best teams ever, but. It's still crazy to me that Sauce isn't going to go as the first cornerback taken. Like, he's just so big, so talented. Footwork is amazing. It's so hard to make any move on him to where you have any positioning because if you do, he's still got the arms and the makeup speed to make up for that. But there's just so much smoke about Stingley at three. I think I'm just buying it. And I think that if you're placing bets, you can still get value on Stingley as top five if you want to go top five, if you want to bet him to be at three. But I saw something today, and I believe it was Derek Brown who was talking about it, was initially it was plus 500 to see Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, and Derek Stingley as the third pick. But today that's already dropped all the way down to plus 250. And so that smoke about Stingley, yeah, going at three is getting more and more and more. And, you know, we talked about how we don't think Hutchinson's going to be number two, but I still think he's still the favorite at the end of the day. And if for some reason Stingley goes three, that's where we could see a wild three, four of Stingley at three, Sauce at four. And then who knows what the Giants do at five? They have their pick between Thibodeau or any of the offensive linemen, right? So I think that would be crazy. I think that'd be a lot of fun um, seeing those two corners go so high because that I don't think we've ever seen a corner go three and four, four um, would just be madness. But that's that's what I'm going with. I think that Stingley's going to go at three and just start the chaos of the NFL draft all over again for us. Yeah, and you know, to your point about Stingley going third, um, I saw that Ian Rappaport, um, I saw a report from Ian Rappaport saying that Houston favors Stingley over over Sauce. So that's mm-hmm. that's part of why that I know I know right. <laughs> if you're, if, crazy, yeah, yeah, I know that that's uh, it's crazy. It's definitely crazy. Although I was a huge, uh, you know, huge proponent of Stingley or a huge fan of Stingley's, especially after that freshman season. I was like, wow, this is this is the greatest corner I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> after his yeah. freshman year, but um, you know, he's 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 kind of you know fallen you know fallen off you know since then. But man. That'll be a crazy. That'll be that'll be wild to see him go number three overall. My bold prediction is that we see Aiden Hutchinson go be the third pass rusher taken uh, off the board. So Walker and uh, Kayvon Thibodeau are taken before him, and, and and you know Jay Rich, you just laying out Stingley again taken at three, and we've already seen reports that our uh, Trent Balky wants long arm Walker at one. So <laughs> if it ain't two, if it ain't two to the Lions. We could, he could, we could see him fall outside the top five, and we're gonna see Kayvon. I, I believe that we're gonna see Kayvon taking above him too. So, should be honestly, yes, yeah, 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 my, yeah, yeah, he should be taking above him. But again, we'll see. You know, Dan Campbell, he, he, he has that pass rusher. He's from Michigan. He went to Michigan. He's 
You know, he has that 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 build like I'm rugged. You know, I'm built for the cold, even though they're playing a do- in a, a yeah. dome. He just he'll fit like the whole you know at, uh, environment of what the Lions are trying to be. So we'll see. For me, I think they should they should take uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, double up on back to back Oregon players that you've taken in the top five yeah. last year. You took you took Penny Sewell. You know, go ahead, mm-hmm. take take his homie Kayvon, you know, mm-hmm. top it off, get another Oregon duck. So uh I mean, y'all gave me some some bold predictions. So and it just gets me more excited for tomorrow because I mean this is I mean, just me hearing Stingley at three is like very, 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 very possible is 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 wild when you just last week you didn't even think about him being the first corner taken, let alone being in the top three. So wasn't his over under like nine and a half or something like that? It's, it's seven yeah. and a half now. Seven and, and a half minus one sixty. Yeah, he oh, was a maybe for top ten. Is, like is a, the yeah. un, is the un, the unders minus one sixty? Yeah, yeah. Whew. But yeah, he's heavy heavily juiced now. It's what is it's what is his uh what is his what are his odds for first corner draft? Is it? I know. I think the, when we talked last, I think it was like plus four hundred or something along those lines, or plus two seventy five. It's he probably a is, lot closer now. He is plus one thirty-five now. Ahmad Gardner is sauce is still one one uh, minus one seventy-five, but Singley is now plus one thirty-five. So you still get good money. That's close. Yeah, that's very close. close. Very, very, very close. Damn, dog. It's, it's interesting, man. <laughs> I mean, you still. I mean, you even still got the what the over. I remember we looked at. I mean, even the second corner taken, you can still get Stingley at minus one sixty, and then uh, Sauce wow. is plus one twenty five. Oh man, that's mm. crazy. Yeah, bro. yeah. But so, I mean, I guess if you think about it, if you want to take Stingley as one, and then obviously you wouldn't, Sauce would have to be the second corner at yep. that point. So if you get plus money on both, yeah, that's honestly you not can, a terrible you, bet. No, yeah. you can make out pretty good uh, doing that, honestly. Yeah, if you so, part, you parlay that together, if you can. Yeah. Yeah, Man, can they let you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you could find out, Jay Rich. You the one that they got. I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look for you guys. If they let me parlay that together, hey, I'm, gonna some, I'm gonna throw you some USD. I'm gonna throw you some USD. <laughs> so you, can, you can put a little bet in for me if that's possible for you. I'm, you I'm sorry, keep, sir. I, I I cannot accept that offer on the airwaves. Um, please connect with my agent, and uh, I will let you know if we can do business in the future. So let's just. You know, talk football, and I will look at the props for you, and I will connect with you when the time is right. Don't you worry about that. My, my, my people will talk. My people will get with your people. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. What skill position player are you most intrigued by to see, and then where you would want to see them land at? I go ahead. And you go ahead and start this off for us. Um. It kind of boils down to, I don't know. I I I I I like to favor, I like to favor wide receivers, and I'm curious to see how the NFL really really feels about Traylon Burks, because you know he he didn't test well. He was he was met, he was super productive in college um, in his last year, but he didn't test very well, and you know he 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 didn't do himself any favors um, with his numbers. And, you know, even before, you know, all that stuff, you know, all the, you know, all the, you know, the bad workout happened or, or, you know, the, all the measurements and stuff took place. 
he was still being mocked pretty high, uh, pretty low, like in the low, the mid to low twenties, um, or the low to mid twenties. And now after that, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how how teams are going to value him. So uh, hopefully he doesn't fall out of the first round. But there's there's a lot of speculation that he that he may fall out of the first round. But I, I'm just really curious to see like where, um, you know, how they feel about feel about him and where he lands. Um, you know, hopefully hopefully he's still he's still a first round pick. Um, at least in my opinion. I mean, yeah, that's that's a tough one for sure. But where do you want him to go? Like, I guess you want him to go to Dallas. But what do you think is the best? If it's not, if it's not Dallas, if it's not Dallas, <laughs> yeah. Here's one though. If he does fall out of the first round, I would like to see him go to Chicago. Really? Chicago. Do you like, like Traylon Burks? I do. <laughs> like, you, like do, you, do you like Jalen Burke? Like, n- this is no disrespect to Justin Fields. I love Justin Fields, but yeah. do you like? Like, do you actually like Jalen Burke? Because if you do, and the fact that you just said you want him to go to Chicago, Chicago may be, and I'm not even joking. Like, I don't know. And I had this. I was talking to my best friend about this not too long ago. Chicago may be a worse destination for any player than Jacksonville. I'm not even like I'm not even joking. Like they they may be the worst destination for any player period. Because the roster is bad. We don't the roster is bad. The roster is it's pathetic. bad and they have no hope. You know they're trying to trade down. Did you see that? They're trying to trade down. Wow. What? Bro, you have nobody. What are you trying who are you trading down Wait, do for? They have, do they even have a first round pick? I don't think no? they have a first No, round. they don't. They don't have a first, they so they only know. have a second. Yeah, but apparently there's. I, I saw a rumor that that the Chicago Bears are trying to trade trade down. Who are you, the Seahawks? When the Seahawks <laughs> only had a second round pick and they're trading down the second round to accumulate more picks. They, again, mm. I, I I see what you're saying, and I was sorry to cut you off. No, 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 no. you're good. You're good. Crazy yeah. because like as much as I think he would be a good fit there next to Mooney, I just don't trust them at all, and and that's the hardest part with them is like. Every time I see George Pickens there, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, I'm like, that poor soul. He's got to play in the cold. He's got to play yeah. with Justin Fields, who's still trying to figure it out. That The team can't really develop him. He hasn't gotten any better. The team is god-awful. They're basically tanking, and they just drafted a quarterback last year. I don't know what they're doing. They're not signing anybody. They're not trading for anybody. You don't hear them trying to trade for Debo Samuel or anybody. Mm. They're just a dumpster heap. I don't want to see any player I like go there. If no, if I was no, Ray, I'd be saying I hope Chris Olave goes there because that's how much he loves Chris Olave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I you know the the Chicago thing is like I I believe in Justin Fields and I I've, I, I chalk his his you know his his less than stellar rookie year up to you know Matt Nagy not taking the training wheels off and not allowing him to really be himself and throw the ball down the field because the 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 few opportunities he did get to throw the ball down the field, he was lighting it up. He was. You know, look no further than that um, that Monday night game against against the Steelers. He was yep. dealing in that game. He was dealing in that game, and I think you know mm-hmm. throughout the season, whenever he was, you know, whenever whenever he had a lot of play action passes, I think he had, I think he was top five in the NFL in in, in yards per attempt on play action passes. So he was throwing the ball down the field, and um, and that's without you know Allen Robinson for a good chunk of the season, and then only Darnell Mooney was his top guy. You know, he had, you know, a lot of, you know, you know, Demir Bird and, and some I don't I can't even name the receivers they had last year. And I can't even name the receivers now outside of Darnell. 
So that's why yeah, I don't know who the hell's on that roster. So that's you know that's that's partly why you know you know Trey, if Traylon Burks gets there, I think he's a good receiver for Justin Fields in 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 the, in the sense that he's you know he can he can get, he can get the contested catches, he can get the 50-50 balls. Um, he's an outside clasher, and you can he's an outside clasher, and he can also be moved around as well because he was I mean hell even um even dating back to his 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 uh, freshman year, Traylon Burks returned kicks. That's like a two hundred and thirty pound freshman, yeah. so he's yeah. versatile too. So there's there's ups, believe it or not, there's upside for Traylon Burks in Chicago, despite how much of a dumpster fire that roster is and that franchise is. But if yeah. he has a young quarterback like Justin Fields with a live arm and, and Darnell Mooney on the other side and David Montgomery, who's no slouch in the backfield, that offense can be a little something, a little something. I'm just saying that's. That, I'm I with know. you. It could be something. I know. It's just I, I know. I'm, it's just, I'm worried for really Fields. Bad. I'm worried for everything. Like it's it's the whole situation, right? As much as I I want to believe Fields can overcome it, I just don't know if anybody could overcome it, right? All those rookie quarterbacks look terrible, and yeah. you know, it, it's so we just kind of equally say, hopefully they get better, and we'll kind of <laughs> see from there, right? Like there's nothing really to say. Mac Jones looked the best. Trey Lance could be good. Maybe Debo hates him and wants out. I don't know what's going on in the NFL right now. But Fields for me is the one that could take a step forward. I just we need to see him get some help, right? That's that's the only problem. They're still losing players and not getting any better. You see the Jaguars bringing guys. You see the Jets trying to bring in people. You see the 49ers, whatever the hell they do, they always try and bring in players. Mm-hmm. Chicago Bears just sitting on their hands doing nothing, and so that's kind of a problem right now. Oh no, no, they they they're not sitting on their hands doing anything. They, you know who they signed this offseason? A wide receiver, Brian they Pringle. Great Byron Pringle. And, and don't sleep on gone. Byron Pringle. Okay, don't sleep on him. No, he'll surprise. Do not me. sleep on <laughs> wide receiver five loaded. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also they signed a uh, Equinemia St. Brown. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. Oh my god. <laughs> Six I foot four. I, what a joke, man. What a joke. I bro. think what part of joke. the problem is that we haven't heard anything from like offensively what they're thinking about doing. We haven't really heard anything outside yeah. of well. I think part of the problem is the coach, right? Like, yeah. I, I can't believe they hired a defensive coach. I, well, I, not I can't yeah. believe it, but I was surprised because to bring an offensive mind, you know, maybe Luke Getzey's the guy and maybe, I don't know, you hired Green Bay's tight end coach. What does that mean to me? Nothing. Nothing. Does that mean Nothing. he's a QB coach? or No, doesn't mean anything. So to bring in, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but defensive mind head coach from Indy, Fine, you're Chicago. You gotta, you know, you gotta be tough. You gotta have a good defense. That's fine. Yeah, but like that's not gonna help Justin Fields. So, whatever. They're gonna be terrible this year. Just bet yeah. the under on their win total. Yep. What is it like six and a half or something or five and a half? Oh, it can't be. It can't be six and a half. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go throw three hundred down right now if it's a yeah. six and a half. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you got the te- the Texans were four and a half. I can't imagine the Bears being too too. Uh, Two wins above them with the shitty ass roster that they have. I it has it's I crazy, would imagine man. it being five and a half. The NFL is wild for that. Just wild. You, Wait, so what is that it? I'm looking it up right now, but it it's crazy to me that you can actually find these. Where where does their win total right now? Oh wait, I'm looking now on per DraftKings. What it is, is it? seven? Ooh. Come on. Ooh. It is seven. <laughs> Bro, how? Who are they, they going to beat? But, they know but, their schedule. Know. Know sure. But under seven is minus 135. I'll still take yeah. it. And, and, and That's not terrible. Overs, 
Over seven is plus one fifteen. Nobody's nobody's doing that shit. So no, I'd have to see the schedule, but how do they win? The Lions should beat them at least once this year. They should beat them yeah. at least once. So Vikings should beat them twice easily. Packers will beat them twice. So they're probably losing at least five games in division. They'll probably lose all their AFC games. Like who are they going to beat in the AFC other than maybe the Jets? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't the, know the, Jets, the, the Jets schedule might give hasn't them came blues. out yet. Hey, the Jets might give them boys the blues. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> don't sleep. I don't know. That's seven. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jordan. Who's the skills? What skill position player are you intrigued by? And in terms of where you see in them land, uh, it's Garrett Wilson, because Garrett Wilson, I still believe, is the best all around wide receiver. I don't necessarily think he has the highest ceiling. I think that's still Jamison Williams. But there's been virtually no discussion about Garrett Wilson, other than the fact that he's the number one wide receiver somehow. So of all the wide receivers, he's pegged as the guy who's probably going to go first. And when it really comes down to it, no one's talking about him. And it's crazy. You know, he's been the he's best receiver at Ohio State for the past two seasons. He's the guy who is a five-star recruit. I mean, Jack Smith the Jacob is really good, but Garrett Wilson's a complete package. And no one seems to be caring about it. No one seems to be talking about it. And I think I want to see him in Atlanta. I honestly do. As much as I would love to see Jamison Williams go there, I think that what he does complements what Calvin Ridley did so well. And so depending on whether or not Calvin Ridley is there, I'm not really sure. We'll see. But what I do know about Jay, uh, sorry, not James, but about Garrett Wilson is that he runs crisp routes. He ran, I believe, the most crossers in college football, which I think is another great asset to a player like Marcus Mariota or a future uh, rookie quarterback, whoever that is. And on top of that, he has the, the high-end speed. And if Ridley is there, I think Ridley's the perfect player to groom his game to be like his and ultimately ha- make him have success in the NFL. He's just one of those guys I think is one of the most pro-ready players in the draft. That's probably why he's going to go so high. And for me, the one I'm most intrigued by to see because, there's, like I said, there's just not a lot of people talking about him. He's kind of the consensus number one, but no one's talking about him. And so wherever he goes, he'll kind of fly under the radar. People may not be that excited, but I'll be excited because I think there's a lot of potential in what he can do. Yeah, I think it's I, – I, I like Garrett Wilson. Like you said before, he's very, very smooth on the field when you see him run his routes, how he – you know breaks how he just like beats people looks kind of effortlessly yep uh, basically basically and and speaking of calvin ridley speaking of calvin ridley are we sure that he's going to be back in atlanta after his suspension is up we don't know we don't know i mean i don't i don't yeah i mean that's that's just something i just thought of like well i mean calvin ridley's gonna be a falcon but i mean is he going to be back i mean is he gonna get traded or like because I don't know. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a it's a thought we can probably revisit sometime down the line. But yeah, it's just yeah. something that I initially thought of. It it would definitely be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and Atlanta of- definitely needs to upgrade their receivers because the well, boy, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> you, you talked about Chicago's receiver room. Yeah, I mean, at least they have a guy yeah. right now in tow and in, in Darnell Mooney. But Atlanta's the disrespect to was- Olamide Zacchaeus. Oh God! <laughs> Put some respect on that man's what? name. A what? Alodomode yeah. Zacchaeus. They have nah, Cadero Hodge. Obviously. They have Cadero Hodge and Demir Bird. They do. Yeah, Demir Bird. That's Chicago great. Never heard of him. Eh. <laughs> I, I, I usually I, I'm I'm put him in as the tight as a tight end because though he's usually lined up in, in in the slot, but 
But yeah, yeah, to your, yeah. yeah, he's he's he is he he was used a lot as a wide receiver last year. So I, I guess I'll give you that. But yeah, in terms of their actual wide receivers, it's a joke. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's I mean, I'd be embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed to be a Falcons fan having yeah. to have <laughs> having to cheer for that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. pretty piss poor, man. You can't even. I don't even know how you even do that if you were like playing Madden. I'm even not even sure how you do that. Yeah, but yeah. well, I mean. Ike, if you want, you can go to Atlanta and actually watch them square off this season. We don't know what day it will be yet, but it will be week 16, as it looks like on their schedule. So you can see these Bears travel to Atlanta and take on the Falcons in what will be probably one of the worst passing displays in football <laughs> history. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, I was looking, I had their schedule pulled up too. So I don't see seven wins at all. <laughs> well, the fact they have to go into the AFC East that's is trouble. Crazy. Like that's, yeah. that's three losses right there. Owen four, and then oh, they have the Jets is a mate. Jets the okay. toss up. We'll give them three and a half. I feel like the, I feel like the Jets can beat can beat them. I, that, that's just my opinion. The, the Jets can, have a better roster sure. right now. They and, have a better roster, and they also. Oh, what's crazy about their schedule? Actually, they have to stay in New Jersey because they play the Giants and they play the Jets the following week. So that's yeah. actually pretty lucky for them. But yeah, the Jets is going to be a Tough, tough swing. Very, yeah. very tough. Moral well, okay, the hold moral on a second. The, moral of the story is go ahead and take that under. I'm taking it under. I got to smash it under. 135 is 100. Is this their real schedule? No, this is not the real schedule. This is the the teams that they've already uh, are they've already to be on the schedule. But you see, but you see their schedule. They have seven straight home games, and then they have eight straight road games. No, 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 no. No, That's just how it's. That's not legit. No, this is just. They've already assigned the teams that they're going to be playing. They haven't. The actual schedule hasn't came out yet. It comes out in May. They usually put out middle to late May. Yeah, but they but they always announce their opponents at the like you know the beginning of January every year. Yeah, but if this, are you sure this isn't the right home and away though? No, those are the right home and away. That, that's just not the order of the schedule. That's just they're just oh, listing home teams first, and then they're listing oh, yeah. Teams yeah. yeah, man, that is wild. Yeah. <laughs> they have a tough schedule, man. They're road yeah, games. Whoo, yeah, they Dallas. Have, they, yeah, they're not. They're not winning. They're not winning they're not, seven games. Yeah, they're not so, that so for the people that are listening, if you if you're you have a betting eye or ear, I would highly suggest to go take a look at that Bears under seven. You're welcome. <laughs> Hammer that shit with your life. Yeah. Hammer that shit. All right. So for my lat, for my uh, skilled position player that I'm intrigued by is is uh, Kenneth Walker. I know we everybody in fantasy. You know, every everybody wants Brees Hall and thinks Brees Hall is going to be the first running back, and they already put him in Buffalo for whatever reason. I think Kenneth Walker is going to be the first running back to go because. When you look at the the build of all these NFL teams, it's they split the they split the back the 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 backfield. You know, you have your 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 primary back that takes the first and second down run uh, downs, and then you have your third down specialist. I mean, we can count on fingers how many bell cows there are. I'm not sure if we look at if we look at Brees Hall as a bell cow. So if he's not a bell cow, why would I not take the best pure runner in the class, which would be Kenneth Walker? There's a lot of teams that that need a pure runner. I think Kenneth Walker gives you that. So that's my first running back. I think that goes. If you look at the odds right now, he's still plus two hundred, and Brees is minus two fifty to be first. So yeah, those and, lines have not moved at all. No, like at all. three weeks. Yeah, but that's yeah, real quick, on Kenneth, 
Real quick on Kenneth Walker, like 71%, almost 72% of his yards are after contact, and that's mo- the most by a Big Ten running back since 2017. So Jonathan Taylor and, 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 and Melvin Gordon were those two other running backs. And mm. he had an 8.0 explosive run rate, which is you know the second highest in this class, in this running back class, uh, second to um, James Cook in Georgia, and higher than Brees Hall, who everybody's consensus, consensus number one uh, running back. Um, so yeah. yeah, he's he he is a a dominant runner. He's he's explosive. He's shifty. Um, he has a 96 percentile speed score. He ran a 4340 mm-hmm. at 200 and was it 219 pounds or 211 yeah. pounds? Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah he he's legit, man. He's legit. I think people are kind of they're, they're way too down on him because of his his lack of pass catching. But we've seen many many running backs come out and don't. And weren't targeting the passing game, and then they ended up becoming, you know, pretty damn good pass catchers in the league. So I don't, I don't really think that's a mark against him. I think he's going to be really productive. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like Ken Walker's style, I like the way he plays. I mean, Brees is really good too. Um, I just think that the NFL values the skill set that Kenley can give because he can first and second down. Almost every roster has a third down by, back, so. Um, if you can, if you can put the first and second down on one player, then third down on another player, then you're not as inclined to go and pay them like 12, 15, 16 million. Like you've seen some of these teams do. Now you can, now you have a reason why you can, oh yeah, we're only going to give you seven, uh, take it or leave it. So, yeah. So where do you think, so you think he's going to be the first one, the first running back off the board. So do you think that's going to be in round one or do you think it's going to be in round two? Which team? I was gonna ask you, which team do you think? Like, if you if he's me first, I mean, I think it would have to be the Houston. I think that's Houston at thirty seven is is like the consensus spot for a running back to go. Yes, running back. Yeah, yes, but I think he'll be the first one. But he goes to the Jets at thirty five. Okay. Oh. Okay. And say okay. F F Michael Carter. Michael you know, Carter. He's gonna grand opening, grand closing. You could be the third down back, but. We, we'll but he get, could we'll though. That's a good. That's a good tandem, right? To have Kenneth yeah. Walker, Michael Carter, and I think more importantly, um, Gene, you're talking about having guys that do specific roles. But it's just as important that when you bring on the quote unquote third down back, that he can still run, right? And Michael Carter yep. can do that. And if you can, to your point, develop Kenneth Walker in the passing game, he doesn't have to be that primary rusher. And you could have two guys that can do both roles. That way, you're not too predictable on offense when you bring in either guy. Um, but I think that would be a great tandem for the Jets if they did choose to go that route. Yep. Since they think they're they're a piece away, you might as well, you know, get, <laughs> get your get get your running oh, back boy. room together. <laughs> they're gonna run uh, the ball down everyone's throats with those two. <laughs> and they're gonna win ten games next year. Bet the right. over. Dynamic duo. <laughs> oh man. All right. So the last exercise I have for y'all is a landing spot exercise. So I'm gonna give a hypothetical of players are getting drafted tomorrow and then or on on friday and then we're gonna we're gonna relate that to how would you approach your super flex draft rookie draft all right so my first player is corral if we see corral get we'll see in this example corral gets drafted at nine to seattle he's the first quarterback taken we see jmo taken at eight to atlanta he's the first wide receiver taken we see desmond ritter Get drafted in the first round, 20th pick. Pittsburgh, second quarterback taken. We see 
Malik Willis at 32 get taken to Detroit. He's the third quarterback, so that's three that's taken the first round. Kenneth Walker, in this example, goes to Houston at 37, first running back. And we see Brees Hall taking the 57 to Buffalo, and also uh, in the second round, second running back taken. How would you how would you think or how would you approach the picks, the first three picks in the Superflex draft? If you have you no know, you're drafting. How do you think those first three picks will go? Ike, let me have you go first. Uh, hmm. I would go Brees Hall 101 because he's going to Buffalo, regardless if he went 57 or 37, but he still went in the second round. And that's still, you know, that's, that's, that's actually the back half of the second round. But Brees Hall is a perfect landing spot. Um, I'm sorry. Buffalo is a perfect landing spot for Brees Hall. So that's number one. I would go Corral the 102. To, to Seattle. Um, he's tethered to DK Metcalf, tethered to Tyler Lockett. For now. For now. For now. <laughs> for now. But if they draft a quarterback, you know, I feel like those those two guys will stay in Seattle. I mean, I don't... That would be crazy if they drafted Matt Corral and then tr- went ahead and traded their best receivers after that. And then that would just basically tank and crater his value right off the bat. You know, grand opening, grand closing. Um, and then the 103 is interesting, but I would probably go Desmond Ritter at the 103 because really because it's Pittsburgh. <laughs> because it's Pittsburgh. Do you think he wins the job? Uh, yeah, eventually he's not going to win it right off the bat, but he'll definitely he'll he'll win it throughout you know maybe halfway through the season because that that's that again like that's a perfect landing spot for a quarterback in this any any one of these quarterbacks in this draft can can excel in pittsburgh um well maybe not i don't maybe not maybe not sam howell maybe not sam howell um but i thought for, you were a cowboys fan not a steelers fan jesus well um I, for fantasy for, for fantasy purposes Ooh. uh I, I think you know and ritter he was he's the fastest quarterback in in this draft he's he's very mobile he's ran the, he mm-hmm. ran in the four fives which surprised me i didn't think he was gonna run a four yeah. fives because gene I, I don't know if you remember whenever we were betting our um nfl draft yeah. pop 40 we time. smashed over yeah <laughs> smashed over four four five eight we're run that shit. smashed over we smashed like what overs, four five two <laughs> yeah we yeah, were surprised yeah. we were very very surprised that damn that track killed us yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it did, did. It did, but I'll go Ritter at, at the 103 because because he's going to Pittsburgh, and that's the most ideal landing spot for um, for a quarterback. And they may even draft a wide receiver later on, and to you know to have someone fill in the slot um, to vacate those targets that Juju left over or that that left Juju left behind. And plus, you know, they had Pat Firemuth, obviously Deontay Johnson who had a career year, Chase Claypool's out, you know, that, the downfield threat, and then Najee Harris they drafted last year. So the offense is is, is set up. Um, you know, for success for any one of these quarterbacks. So yeah, those that would be my top three. I did not expect you to go with those three. I'm not gonna lie. So mm-hmm. you definitely surprised me. All right, Jay Ridge, go ahead. I think I would have Brees at one for the same reasons I said. I'd probably have Kenneth Walker at two, and then I think I would put Malik Willis at three. Um, mm. I know that I've talked before about Malik Willis being the, my 102 if he went, you know, in the top five, but I think. You should still like him for the same reasons if he goes at 32. But the reason why I like him more if he goes at 32 is because there's so much less pressure on him to be the guy right away. And we know that Malik Willis is probably going to be a guy who needs time to develop. And it's not like Detroit doesn't have a capable quarterback in Jared Goff. Is he the best quarterback I've ever seen? 
Hell no. But he can be a guy who fills in and buys Malik Willis time to actually develop as a quarterback, which is what may be what's best for his future. And so for me, I think that's the direction I would go. I love Kenneth Walker in Houston. I love Brees Hall, obviously, in Buffalo. I'm a little worried in Buffalo. Like I get everyone wants running back to go there, but I don't think it's the best situation for a running back, regardless of how talented they are. They're already a team that passes the most on for, on first down. They're already a team that passes a lot in general. How much more are they going to run the ball simply because they have a better running back? I don't know. We can't predict everything in fantasy football, but because it's Brees Hall, he's still my 101. I like Kenneth Walker in Houston at 102, but I think I would probably go with Willis at three, taking the quarterback I think has the highest upside, and I think it does allow him a bit of time to develop if he does go at 32. Gene, where are you at with this scenario and kind of what would your top three be? All right. So my one would also be Brees Hall. My two would be Matt Corral. And my three, my three would be Kenneth Walker. So why I take Matt Corral at two is because I remember there was, I can't remember where I saw this at. So if you're a quarterback that gets drafted in the first half of the first round, the average games you wait before you start is four games. So if you're getting drafted before top, before 16, you're we're getting 12, we're getting 12 games out of that quarterback, regardless of what we think that's just the average uh the person that's in front of us drew lock drew lock i mean do we even need to say anything more nope we've seen enough of him that his his greatest highlight is him rapping the young the young jeezy so mm-hmm. i mean i think matt corral gets on the field quickly and and produces now how much he produces i don't know but somebody that that's a top i mean a super flex quarterback dra- getting drafted this high and you know he's going to get on the field there's a lot of value there, so I would I would take my chances with him at two, and then Kenneth Walker at three. Um, again, Houston they got a bunch of you know trash ass running backs that they're trying to fill in together. I mean, you got somebody that can now can take up your first and second down at least, and I don't know you you deploy what Rex Burkhead as your third down back. I don't know, but um, you get your running back of the future, and you know he's going to get a lot of carries because. Uh, the coach's pedigree is that he's a run-first quarterback and wants to win on the, the defensive line, uh, the defensive side of the ball. So that would be my top three. And a quick note on Houston, um, the running back situation. You know that that that's a realistic um, you know spot for Kenneth Walker. But uh, to keep in mind, they haven't drafted a running back in the second round in four years. And the last, and I think the last running back they drafted in the second round was, I believe, Ben Tate. Um, oh. Oh my god. So um you know, I think they're long overdue for drafting a running back in the second round. And I think Kenneth Walker is gonna be Kenneth Walker, Reese Hall will be staring him right in the face at that thirty seven yeah. pick. Yeah. So that yeah. that's that's a, a pretty uh, solid uh, landing spot for um you know, one of those guys. Okay. Well, I mean we had a consensus number one, but two and three were very, you know, very different. So it's yeah, a good exercise. You guys believe Corral, man. Well, can we can we talk about that very briefly? I won't okay, keep you let's guys do that. too long. Let's but do that. why why do you think that DK Metcalf is going to stay there? Like, if we're being real, like, do you think that Seattle resigns him? Because I don't, right? Like, I think he's gone. Because remember, this is I think this is his last year of his contract because he's a second round pick. He wasn't a first round pick. So oh, that's they got to right. decide. 
Yeah. They don't have a fifth-year option to pick up. No, That's they right. no. But he went at the AJ very Brown. Brown yeah, AJ, yeah, AJ right. Brown, Debo, Terry McLaurin. They all were second round have All these guys, second, third round picks. So they don't. This is their last year until free agency. So, so you think about Tyler Lockett, expensive and old. He's got to go out, right? And then you have DK Metcalf, who they could re-sign for thirty million, but. I mean, <laughs> why are you resigning him for thirty million if you know you don't have a chance in hell to compete with the 49ers in your division, the Cardinals in your division, the Rams in your division? Like, what's the what's the point of even trying? I, I don't know, but that's that's my issue with Corral and really any quarterback that goes to Seattle, especially at nine. That dude's gonna get thrown into the fire right away. And if it, if it was in the second round again, maybe have some time to develop, find a rhythm in the offense, learn the system. And especially with Corral, like if they're not running a if they're not running a college offense, he may struggle initially in that pro style. Yes, he'll be able to just sit back, hand it off to hand Chris off. Carson, whoever they do, whoever they decide to draft. But yeah. I think that those pro style reads will be a bit of a learning curve for him and for Sam Howell, who both come from very like half read driven college systems. Um, that's that's the only reason why I'm not as high on Corral. But he at nine, if he's the first quarterback, is tempting. Ritter, though, I mean, hey, I Corral, Corral, <laughs> Corral would be fine. You know, you know why Corral would be fine? Because he's got Dwayne Estridge, Estridge, <laughs> who drafted you mean the second round. Sky Moore's year. backup. Sky Moore's backup. backup. Western and he's got and he's got Noah Fant, who who has been very underutilized in his NFL career. To be fair, it's true. But it's true. He's got he's got the goat, Dwayne Estridge. I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you never know. You never you do, know. You never you know. Do have a point with DK. Sky Moore's backup has in store for uh Yeah. For, you, you do have a point with, with DK. I mean, they could franchise him, but yeah, I'm not could. sure if they're gonna be committed to giving that kind of money. And on top of that, it'd be weird for them to draft a quarterback because we know if generally when you bring in a, a rookie quarterback, you're waiting at least a year and a half, two years before something before something really pops. Pete Carroll's already what seventy, what mid seventies or whatever how old he is. Yeah, they're they're kind of in win now mode, and again that goes back to my point. Like if out of any of these rookie quarterbacks that are, that are dynamic, and then you don't think you have to wait as long to get them going, I think it's Corral. Um, so I mean that's why I picked them. And in an example, and probably to be fair, in this example, Willis would was close because. Even though he went 32 to Detroit, Detroit's setup is way better than Seattle's just for the fact that their offensive yeah. line is very yeah, good. They true. got a good they got a good run game. Uh, well, let me not say good run game. They have a, a okay run game because uh you know Swift. They got a top ten running back right at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Uh his Potential. his his rushing grade was what second to last for for running backs that carried the ball at least fifty times. So Hopefully he can improve from that, but again, the setup is better the setup is than nice. it is in Seattle. Yeah, the, the, he definitely has more support in the offensive line. So that yeah, you know, yeah, I would I would have had um, you know Willis at four and then Walker at five if we were doing a top five. But yeah, but yeah, right. that 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 Ritter to Pittsburgh, man, like Pittsburgh getting a quarter one of these quarterbacks, juicy. I'm sorry, it's juicy. You're right, it's okay. juicy. I mean, I don't, bl- I don't blame you. I just, we just know. Like, I just want to know where did Kenny Pickett go? I just, I'm just curious. We got, <laughs> we got Corral at nine. We got Ritter at twenty. We got Willis at thirty-two. Where, where's my man Kenny Pickett going? Second round? That's hey. crazy. He the got Gene caught. Mock he, draft is off the chain. 
Yeah, he, he got he got caught, you know, smoking a bong before the before the draft <laughs> came out in video. He had the bong so mask he, on. He had the bong and mask on. So now, so now he now he got pushed to the third round or the fourth round. So that's why he's. We have to put that on a thumbnail for care, tomorrow. Care, can, you, care, can you pick it with with care. the bomb with the with the bong mask? Character on. concerns dropped him down. Oh man! But I mean, again, we're at the end of the show. I appreciate Jay Rich again for blessing us, you know, giving us his time, you know, topping off our rookie. You know, we, we talked about props. Now we 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 ended with the draft preview. We appreciate you coming on. Hopefully everybody listening enjoyed themselves as we kind of, you know, give a different perspective as we as we lead into this this craziness called the draft um on Thursday night. Jay Rich, you got anything for us before you get up out of here? Anything you want to plug? Anything that might be happening that Destination Debbie is doing? Anything? I would say to everybody who's listening out there, chances are this will be Thursday already by the time you listen, but make sure you tune into the draft. We're going to be doing live streams probably starting 20 to 30 minutes before the draft, maybe a little bit after. Ray doesn't want to get in too early, but we'll be doing some draft streams. We'll be having the entire team on on Thursday and Friday and probably a little something on Saturday as well. So make sure you tap in for those. You can find those on the YouTube channel at RayGQ on YouTube. So always check those out. The streams are already up for the first round. I'm going to put up the second round later. And Gene, like you said, you'll be on for day one. We'll have Ike on for day two. And so everyone come check out the draft streams. We're going to have a ton of fun. Ray's probably going to do giveaways. Who knows what else we'll do, but it'll be a lot of fun. And thank you guys so much for having me on. I had a ton of fun today. Yeah, man. Appreciate you hopping on, man. It was a blast. It was a blast. It was a blast. It was. Definitely. Once again, I appreciate you, Jerry's coming on. It's always a good time talking with you. Talking any, I mean, we could talk about anything, not even outside of fantasy and, and NFL, just basketball. You know, we're doing the props. Like, yes, sir. We, we talk about everything. So again, we thank you. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed the show. Please, you know, get ready for the draft. It's going to be crazy. You know, get your popcorn ready. You know, get your seats, right. seat belts, whatever. How are you going to get yourself ready for the draft? It probably won't be enough because of the craziness that's going to happen. But again, we appreciate y'all listening to us. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at OffTheLineFF. You can follow me specifically at Fantasy Jeans, G-E-N-E-S. You can follow Ike at j- uh, just underscore Ike09. Until next week. We appreciate y'all listening to us. Y'all be safe. Enjoy the draft. We holler at y'all. Peace out.